0: The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to the Pirate Radio podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. Now, inside the Pirate Radio studio, here's your host, Jonathan Ellerby. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast. Our guest today has become an inspiration and an ambassador of hope after having a life-changing injury on the football field over a decade ago that left him paralyzed. As you'll hear, Eric LeGrand has built his brand on positivity and faith, while inspiring people all over the world to be better. If you need some belief and hope in your life, then you're in for a treat. Sit back and relax. Today's Pirate Radio Podcast with Eric LeGrand and special guest co-host Eddie Loesner Starts right now. All right, welcome into the Pirate Radio podcast. Excited for another episode here today. Uh, alongside myself in the studio is Eddie Lozner, former East Carolina Pirate, played for the baseball team in 1994-1995 also was a assistant coach with Keith LeClaire, 2001-2002. Eddie, uh, thanks for helping set up this uh, interview with this fabulous guest we're getting ready to talk to.
1: Well, it's great to be with you, Jonathan. I'm excited as you are. Let's go
0: out to the Fixed NC Live line and uh, talk to our special guest today, Eric Legrand, uh, joining us. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you joining us down here in North Carolina on the Pirate Radio Podcast. I uh, appreciate you guys
2: having me uh...
0: Eric, uh, we're down here in eastern North Carolina, and for folks tuning in, your name may uh, ring a bell with them, and they may have seen your story or heard about your story. But uh, for folks not familiar with uh, Eric LeGrand, uh, of, of where you are and, and how people should know about you, you, you have an inspirational story and uh, continue to fi- provide hope and positivity for everybody. Tell everybody about a little bit about yourself, Eric. Sure.
2: I'm a former Rutgers football player who was paralyzed. Ten years ago, I met Life Stadium up here in New Jersey, and, you know, all odds against me. Dr. I wouldn't do this, wouldn't be able to do that, you know, being able to overcome so much adversity in my life to, you know, it's just always having just a newfound appreciation on life, and here we are ten years after my injury, and there's just been so many blessings that have come my way, and I've overcome so many obstacles, and I just continue to push forward each and every day of my life.
0: Eric, uh, what, what do you think has been the key to, to helping you be able to push forward after such a uh, tough in- in- injury where you are paralyzed o- on the football field?
2: I think I started, you know, I got out of my Rutgers football bubble and I got to see things that are going on in the real world. And when I was in inpatient rehabilitation at Kessler Institute here in West Orange, New Jersey, I got to see other stories of people that were in similar situations as me and where they were coming from, what they were doing. And it made me realize how fortunate i truly am and with my support system around me my mom my family friends compared to with some people that didn't have any of that and i was just like you know what happy day above ground is a great day and i gotta just continue to push and leave because my story was in the newspapers and the media and all of that stuff so i feel like it was now on me to take that responsibility showing people that they can handle adversity and they can get through the tough times even when all odds are against you
1: Eric, this is Eddie jumping in here. Uh, you mentioned your mom. I'm I'm a big fan of your mom. Uh, I've seen her on yeah, interviews, and uh, she didn't tell your prognosis was pretty bad there uh, right after your injury, and she didn't tell you uh, what the doctors told her. Uh, can you can you just talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, the doctors told my mom. My mom, my teammate, and his mother, they were in the room, and they said your son has fractured his C3 C4 vertebrae. He'll be paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of his life. He'll never walk again, never eat solid food, never breathe on his own. And we're hoping he's strong enough to make it through the surgery. And, you know, being, imagine, you know, being a parent and my mom hearing that, she was just absolutely devastated. And from there, she um she had to shift her focus to now, all right, we got to stay positive for Eric. And I was still fighting and pushing. Her. And I kind of remember this and I kind of know, but I guess the adrenaline was still flowing from the game. But when I saw her before surgery, She said, I said to her, I'll be back. And I just confirmed her from there, okay, we have to be positive through this. And I remember she said, let me know when you want to know what what happened to you. And she told me what had happened and everything, but then she didn't tell me all those percentages that the doctor had told her. But, yeah, it uh, it was definitely tough, I'm sure, for my mom to hear and everyone else around me, but we pushed through it.
1: Well, here here at East Carolina, Eric, we, we had a beloved baseball coach named Keith McClair, who was diagnosed with ALS and uh, progressively lost his ability pretty much to move and was on a ventilator and had to communicate through an eye gaze machine. And every time I went to visit him or spend time with him, I he had this ability just to lift me up or anybody else, uh, and and you felt when you when you left a visit with him, you felt better than than when you got there. And you have that ability, too. W- where does that come from?
2: I was always this happy-go-lucky person before my injury. I never liked to be down and upset. I was always the life of the party, lifting everyone up in the room, joking around, and I said when I got hurt at 20 years old, I'm, I don't want that to change. I'm going to be who I am, even though I may be in a different situation. And That's just continued to you know, allow me to be who I am. And people come in the room and they don't know how to feel when they first meet me, especially in the very beginning, or how to react, but I put them right at ease when I show them my bubbly personality and just who I am as a person. And it's like, Oh, okay, he may be in the wheelchair, but he's still Eric Oh, wow, he's got this great personality, even though he's in a wheelchair. He's just a regular guy, you know, that's what I like to push, you know, just push out there for people to see.
0: Eric Legrand, our special guest on the Pirate Radio podcast today, former Rutgers football player who was paralyzed uh, in 2010 on the field. And, uh, Eric, uh, one of the relationships uh, you have is with uh, your coach at the time, Greg Shiano, who's actually the coach again at Rutgers. And uh, your numbers the only number ever to be retired uh, for the Rutgers uh, Scarlet Knights. Uh, tell us about uh, your relationship with uh, at the moment of when you had uh, on the football field to now with uh, Coach Ciano and how important he's been in your life?
2: Yeah, you know, Coach, he recruited us, and he said that he treats all his players like they're his sons. And after that injury happened, there was no better example of what he showed, uh, what he did with me coming up to the hospital and you know let my family go get some rest at the hotel and staying there from 11 p.m. to about 2 a.m. in the morning and then going home and being up again in the morning for 6 a.m. to go to practice and then go through the entire day of work that he had to do and then being back up at that hospital at 11 p.m. And, you know, it was just special to see that just so I didn't have to be alone. He would just sit there and go through a film and whatnot. But, yeah, Coach Hanna, he that's my guy right there. He drafted me to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the year that I, that would have been my draft class in 2012. And after that, you know, coach, coach has now become from my coach to now a friend which is pretty cool to see, you know, how our relationship has went from the player to, you know, the father figure there and to now a friend of my life, which is pretty awesome.
0: What does it mean to you to have uh, your number retired uh, in the stadium up there at Rutgers?
2: I think it's cool. Uh, You know, it it goes to show you just a kid from a suburban household here in Avondale, New Jersey, growing up with a dream to work hard and make it to the NFL. You know, and obviously this, this happened to me this injury but not letting life slow me down and not hold me back from anything. And all, as you know, that cliche saying the blood, sweat, and tears, well, I can literally say all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into the game of football and the way I dedicated my life to that sport, you know, is, is rewarded with my number being hanging in the birthplace of college football, that stadium. I think it's just truly really spectacular.
1: Eric, you mentioned uh, signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, what do you think about them going to the NFC Championship?
2: Hey Tom Brady, showing the Tom Brady magic. How about that? He got a bunch of weapons down there, but um, I think it's really cool. You know that organization treated me with nothing but love and respect for the two years I coached at Jose and I got to go down there and be a part of that program, and to see now they're in the NFC Championship with a uh, Tom Brady going against Aaron Rodgers. I think it's I think it's awesome. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship. You can't ask for more than that when it comes to football. Am I right? But um, yeah, you know I wish them nothing but the best of luck and. Even though I'm a diehard Denver Broncos fan, I'm always rooting for the Buccaneers because
0: of what they did for me. Eric, I've read a lot of uh, stories about you, and just hearing you talk and your energy. Uh, it, although you were paralyzed on a football field, it, it hasn't really. You haven't given up your love for football. You even do broadcasting uh, for for Rutgers. Uh, it's not something that you uh, get away from. It's kind of something you still embrace as a part of your life. How how is that easy or tough, and how, how do you uh, incorporate that in your life?
2: Oh, I love the game of football. Football is what made me who I am today and molded me into the man I am today. All the different lessons that you mind playing the game of football. It's not just a game, it's a lifestyle. The way that you live your life, you only get a certain amount of opportunities to actually play the game. In high school football, you get 10 opportunities, college, 12 opportunities. If you make it to the NFL, I'm 16, but think about all the hard work that goes into it. The sacrifice, the self-evaluation... Learning how to work together, the team, being a leader—it teaches you uh, the game of life. It sets you up, and that's why I just love the game of football and being around it still. Because I know what those players are going through, or what they and or what they went through, and just just to get to that level in that moment—that it is who I am. Football is what made me me, so I love watching it and being a part of it.
1: And there's a lot of bonds formed on the field, in the locker room, in the weight room, and it's it's a lot like a brotherhood. And when when you had your injury, your teammates really rallied around you. And uh, back in, uh, gosh, I forget the year, but you you got Sports Illustrated Moment of the Year when you led your team out. Uh, I just I thought that was totally awesome.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll even help you with that. October twenty ninth, two thousand eleven, the day I led my team out through the tunnel versus West Virginia, and uh snowstorm up here with like five feet of snow. And I remember that morning waking up and then everyone's like, Eric, are you still going to do this? I'm like, all the adversity that I've been through and everything that's happened in the past year, this is, this is what it's for right here. I can't, I said, I was going to do it this game. Let me go out there and do it. And I led my team out in a blizzard on the field versus West Virginia. And it became a moment of the year for Sports Illustrated in 2011. And wow, that was just something truly, truly incredible. I still have people sending me copies to side of that, that, uh, Sports Illustrated magazine, so that was it was freezing cold. I said I probably would never do it again, (laughs) but you know, as I think back on it now, it's like wow, incredible.
0: Eric, you've had so many moments over the past decade. Uh, you, you've been elected to the Rutgers Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame, New Jersey <laughs> Hall of Fame. You, you've graduated uh, from Rutgers. Uh, you, you've done so uh, of all the honors and, and, and stuff, that the Jimmy V uh, moment award winner. Uh, is there anything that really uh, was a, the, the most special moment for you over uh, all those awards and uh, honors? Yeah,
2: you just mentioned the one was graduating from Rutgers getting my degree and putting a diploma on the wall for Mama Dukes. My sister went to North Carolina A&T, State University down there in Greensboro, and she was able to put a diploma on the wall, and I was able to do the same when I graduated from Rutgers, and it was just, you know, it was a special moment because there was so much that went into it, you know, Skyping into classes for three hours and having somebody else email you over the notes, and then you have to learn how to use this software called Dragon Natural Speaking to talk to a computer and navigate around it. And then going from class, after I got out of re, uh, inpatient rehab, flying, going from outpatient therapy down to meeting up with a tutor or a, or a teacher or going to class, waking up early in the morning to be at an 8 a.m. class or coming back for a six ten class. It was just so much that went into it and all the sacrifice I had to make to still get that degree after my injury that... That moment when I was able to give the commencement speech in 2014 is
0: definitely the biggest accomplishment, I would say, in my life. Eric, uh, you're a very positive guy. You're overcome a lot uh, with your injury and everything. How do you maintain uh, your positivity through through this and uh, continue every day just to uh, be upbeat about uh, what's going on in the world?
2: I wake up with a... um I wake up every day when I'm mindset of, I have to attack this day. I'm genuinely excited to wake up and see, okay, what's on schedule for today? What do, what's on, what do I have to do today? What, what's, on, what's on the agenda? You know, things like that. And it makes you, when you start, when you see people that have been through similar situations as you had, aren't doing what I'm doing right now or don't have that support, it just makes you that much more appreciative. And I always say, that, like, you won't hear me complaining. Because I know it could always be worse. It could always be worse, and that's just how I'm wired, and why I wake up genuinely happy. I don't put on a front for anybody. I, I am who I am. What you see is what you get. And when I have, I From the stuff that I have seen or the things I have been through, every day, like I said before, every day above ground is a good day. So when I wake up and I know that I have another opportunity to go attack the day and and you know go after the goals that I want. It's a good days. There's no reason for me to be down.
1: Eric, you're a person of tremendous faith. What what role of prayer? What role does prayer play in your life?
2: Oh man, I'm praying all the time. Pray in the mornings. Pray at night. Pray throughout the day. When something goes wrong, hey, I'm always praying. I have a special relationship with God. I say, especially after this injury, it's you know, really made my relationship special. And I, I've been saying for the past ten years, nothing but blessings have come my way the places I've gotten to go, the people I've gotten to meet, and the things that I've gotten to do over these past 10 years, I can't take that back because people ask me all the time, would you ever go back to that moment on the field and change it? And of course I don't like to be paralyzed and living this type of life, but you know, everything, that, everything that's happened over the past 10 years, I don't know if I could take that back. And all the people that have supported me and been there along my journey, it's just truly incredible.
0: Eric LeGrand, our special guest here on the Pirate Radio Podcast. Uh, Eric, you inspire so many. Who, uh, who do you look for for inspiration?
2: You know, my mom, who's giving up everything so she can learn how to take care of me as a quadriplegic. There's just self-love, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't see, like the insurance and medicine. They're running me here, running me there. You know, that inspires me. And there's another kid, actually, that one of our kids, he's an adult by the name of Adam Tellafero, who got hurt at Penn State back in, i want to say, the year 2000, 2001. He was a freshman at Penn State, went to make a tackle, and boom, he broke his neck on the field, and they told him that he would never walk again, never do this, never do that. And a year and a half later, he led his team out of the tunnel at Beaver Stadium versus the Miami Hurricanes. And to hear that crowd roar and to see that video, when he came walking into my room at Kessler a few months after my injury, It's been an inspiration and what motivates me still to this day. I wanted to have that moment for myself.
0: Eric uh, you say you get up and attack every day right now uh, you're attacking the world of uh, being an entrepreneur as uh, you're getting into the coffee business from uh, all the stories I understand up there in New Jersey and uh, the story I read is that you were inspired by uh, Nike's uh, CEO and founder Phil Knight how how did you get started in this uh, coffee business and what about Phil Knight that got uh, you inspired to do this?
2: Well, let me tell you guys, You, guys, I commend you guys. You guys have done your research. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's for sure. You even know that I, yes, I read the oh, audiobooks, the dog, over the summertime, and at this point in time, it was just my group messages were all, my, my friends were always sending pictures of coffee, 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 and I never was a coffee drinker at all, but I loved going to cafes, and then the opportunity presented itself in my hometown that, you know, that made me, hey, Eric, why don't you create your own cafe? And I thought about it like, wow, like I could do this, like I could truly make this happen. And I started to—I I tried the coffee in August, and I was like, wow, what have I been missing out on? This is some good stuff right here. And then here we are, you know, six months later. Like I put a great team together, business advisors, everything, and we launched our online store last week. And it's just been to say it's been incredible. Would be to downplay it. It's just—it's been remarkable how much support that we have seen from this online store and I can't wait to have the brick and mortar the storefront open up uh, later this summer and towards the end of the summer this year. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but I wanted to get our coffee out nationally so people can start getting the taste of La Grande coffee and knowing what we're all about. So how did you, you,
0: you, you, did not, you've never tried coffee before until about the last six or eight months. And then you tried it after mm-hmm. you've seen a bunch of friends and then, uh, not now you're want to be the
2: coffee king, huh? Exactly. After after my friend sending it over and over every single day, and ten pictures of coffee, then I got hooked up with an independent roaster here up in New Jersey, who everyone's been telling me I've been I've been labeling him as the Walter White, if you watch Breaking Bad, of the coffee world, <laughs> cooking up uh, these uh, roasting these coffee beans. And I tried it. I was like, Wow, this is smooth and fantastic. I, when you think of coffee, I was thinking it's gonna be like that bitter taste, and his just wasn't like that. And then I started drinking it more and more and more, and then I just had a cup before I came out with you guys. You know, I, I've been drinking it a lot now. and I actually, I, I really enjoy a cup of coffee. Never in my life did I think I would say that. If you can, re, you know, rewind six months ago.
1: Eric, I ordered a bag of the Costa Rica. Uh, I'm excited to, nice. to get it. Give me a little review of the Costa Rica. What 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 should I expect when uh, I, I got the beans and I'm going to ground the beans up, of mm. course, and uh, what can I expect mm. from the Costa Rica? See?
2: See, you got the beans. See, you're a coffee drinker. You know, you want the whole beans so you can ground them yourself, you know, the way you like it, so you can pour a nice, a nice, a nice cup of coffee for yourself. But, but the Costa Rican, you're going to get a nice, very, very, very smooth taste. Not a huge ca- uh, caffeine hit with the coffee, with the Costa Rican, but you're going to get this like tropical flavor and taste in it the more that you start to drink it. So I'm actually excited. It is my favorite one, Costa Rica, but Guatemalan is right there. If I had to put it on the scale, it's Costa Rican's 10 and Guatemala's probably 9.5. You know, so it's the Costa Rican one, though, I'm telling you, it's going to be like, wow, this is some of the smoothest coffee I've ever had in my life. And now, I got to ask you do you drink your coffee black or do you mix it up with creamers?
1: Well, I like it black, uh, but okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm,
2: that's the, it's the how I drink it first too. I drink it black, and it went down so smooth like some flavored water.
1: I'm looking forward to the uh, espresso roast uh, eventually because I, <laughs> I really love some a nice double espresso.
2: Oh no, don't worry. We got that. We got that cooking up too for you. For you, give, give us a few months, and we'll have that out there for you guys to try as well.
0: Eric, uh, obviously I don't have to document what 2020 and COVID were all about to, to everybody. Uh, I, I know you as a motivational speaker and someone that gets out and about and and uh, talks to a lot of people, how has it changed your schedule of what you do? Obviously you put your energy into other things wanting to start this coffee project, but how much did this last year the, the world change for you of, of what you do on a, on a day in and day out basis and uh, what are you looking forward to the most when uh, this pandemic ends
2: man it changed a whole lot a whole lot like from always being out and about going to therapy twice a week going to speaking engagements going to different events having stuff from my foundation always being on the schedule it changed a whole lot and now i'm in the house i haven't been outside my house since christmas can you believe that i've been outside since christmas as if this just changed so much but i've had to adapt and that's what it's actually allowed me to step back like I said, I started listening to all that. I listened to ten books, you know, from the time the pandemic started to the towards the end of the summer, because it just allowed me to step back and reflect. And that's what gave me the idea with the coffee shop. And, when I, and that's why I can't wait till this is all over with. Because you know, once I'm able to open up the coffee shop, I want to be able to have a bunch of people coming in there and enjoying our coffee enjoying our, you know, the fellowship and the unity together. We are we provide ourselves our coffee comfort satisfaction. So I want a little bit of, you know. A little bit of that once, once this pandemic is all over. So I can't wait to get kind of back into that. It's going to be a new lifestyle for me now, so I'm excited to experience it.
1: Eric, we're both uh, Jersey guys. I, I got one final question for you. What's your <laughs> favorite <laughs> place to fun. get a What's your favorite place to get a slice of pizza in New Jersey?
2: Oh man! Right now, I would say Strawberries Pizza. It's this little it's this pub up here in Wilbur's, New Jersey. Oh my god! Uh, it's just one of the places where you go there. It's thin crust with the like the garlic crust on there with the seasoning, making nice and oily for you. And then the pizza is just perfection. So I don't like a lot of like too much sauce. And then when it's overfludded with cheese and it's running, I don't like that. But it, this pizza gets the perfect amount of sauce, the perfect amount of cheese, and you just, you take a bite and it's nice crispy bite. And you're like oh. <laughs> that's stuff right here. So we have, uh, for, you, for you people that don't know about us, Jersey people, Jersey, New York, we take our food very seriously when it comes to pizza, bagels, all that type of stuff. As we know, Taylor ham, eh, Taylor ham and cheese and pork roll egg and cheese, they battle up here. So pizza, that's probably number one on our list. So well, Strawberry's Pub up here in it's New Jersey.
1: It's, it's, that's uh, that's ben- that's ben- Benny's in Hoboken for me is my, that's my go-to place, so.
2: I've actually heard of that place too, and honestly, I need to check that out. Washington Street, North you got to check it out. Area. Eric, uh, it's
0: been great catching up with you. You're such an inspiration. Uh, you have written a book. You have a coffee place now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the? You're on Twitter. What, what's the best way for folks to learn more about uh, Eric LeGrand and uh, also uh, uh, buy some of this coffee and maybe buy a book and uh, mm-hmm. y- learn learn about uh, you some more? Well, you can go
2: and follow me on tap. At- at Eric LeGrand 52 on, on, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is just Eric LeGrand. And then my coffee house is at, Le, Eric, I'm at LeGrand coffee House on Instagram, Twitter. I'm sorry, Instagram and Facebook, and then on Twitter it's just at LeGrand Coffee. So make sure you follow, follow myself, follow the coffee house, and follow the journey along to bringing the community together over a cup of
0: coffee. Well, we'll absolutely be checking that out and uh, certainly appreciate your time. You're such an inspiration and uh, just a a guy that's doing great things uh, after a tough adversity, but uh, certainly a positive outlook. And uh, I know you've inspired a lot of people here today and we look forward to continue to follow your story to see what uh, else is uh, in the next chapter for Eric LeGrand.
2: Well, I appreciate you guys. It truly means a lot for me coming on here and being able to share my story with you.
0: Have a great day. Thanks for joining us take care what an awesome episode today with Eric Legrand special thanks to my friend and former pirate baseball player and coach Eddie Loesner for helping set up this opportunity and connect with Eric if Eric Legrand can be that positive and attack every day What's your excuse? Be sure to give him a follow on social media and also check out his new coffee store online at legrandcoffeehouse.com. We'll be back very soon with another edition of the Pirate Radio podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in your Apple store, visit our website at pr927fm.com and follow us on social media at pr927fm to keep up with the latest news and information. Until next time, have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate
2: Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.